born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. A man, just because he's religious, and there's a lot of religious people in the world, but religion cannot save. We often say that religion comes from two Latin words, re and legio, meaning to bind back. And there's people who are trying to bind themselves back to God by their religion. And God says, that will not work. It's not the righteousness that we send up. It's the righteousness He sent down. He wants us to accept His righteousness, not God accept our righteousness. There is a by-faith righteousness and there is a self-righteousness. And God says, your righteousness are as filthy rags. You cannot save yourself. You'll never be good enough. So you need a Savior. So Jesus Christ came into the world, died on the cross, paid for our sins, and said that if we would believe He did it for us, He would give us as the free gift of everlasting life. Now remember, Peter, being a Jew, and in those days they would go up on the rooftop for some quiet, comfort, solitude, and pray. In verse 9, On the morrow, as they went on their journey, and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Now, does God know that those guys are on the way? Of course He does. God sent them. There was a man who wanted to know the truth. Peter was supposed to be someone that God could use to tell the truth. But there evidently was something that was going to be in his life that God's going to have to deal with. Because sometimes we just don't want to do it. We don't want to go. But he makes a statement here in verse 10, And he became very hungry, and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. So even being hungry can be of the Lord. Are you hungry this morning? Could be of the Lord. And he made the statement in verse 11, And saw heaven opened, a certain vessel descending unto him, and it had a, like a great sheet, knit at four corners, and let down to the earth. Wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill, eat. Hey, you hungry? Look at all this I got for you. Why wouldn't Peter do this? Because on that sheet was some animals and some things that he wasn't supposed to eat because he was a Jew. There's things under the law that they weren't allowed to eat. And they were clean, and there's unclean. And there's certain animals that were used for sacrifice, and others could not be. So Peter had a problem. He says, and it's hard to understand, how can you say, Lord, not so. Lord means He's the Lord. He's the Master. He's the boss. No, Lord. 
like a contradiction. But in verse 14, Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. In other words, food that's not fit for a Jew to eat, I do not eat. And I'm still the same way. And he says in verse 15, And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call thou not common. This was done three times, thrice. And the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now Peter was wondering in his mind, What in the world was that about? He doubted in his mind, what did it mean? He was fixing to get a lesson in what it meant. You see, a Jew didn't go to a Gentile's house, and a Gentile didn't go into a Jew's home. You just don't do that. Don't you understand even half the problem that was in Samaria because they were half-breeds, Jews that had married Gentiles, and in Samaria, Jesus says, I must needs go through Samaria. And he said to the woman at the well, he says, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. She says, You're a Jew. Why askest thou drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you realize whosoever really means whosoever? Preach the gospel to every creature, every creature, every person. You see, in our mind sometimes we think some people just don't deserve to be saved. And others deserve it. But the truth of the matter is, nobody deserves to go to heaven. You and I are not any better than anybody else. We don't deserve to hear the gospel 20 times when there's people that's never heard it once. So um, God's going to have to do a work. So in verse 17, now while Peter doubted in himself what this vision, which he had seen, should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate, called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I sent them. Now, here's a time where Peter has got to just swallow his pride and do what God says to do. Just obey the Lord. And many times in your life, you may not know how things are going to work out or why you have to go through certain things. But see, God is behind the scene working. Does God know about Cornelius and what was going on in his mind? Did God know about his family that wanted to know the truth? Did God know that there was a man who knew the truth? And that God had caused him to have a vision? Cornelius? And that God sent these three people to a certain place, certain town, a certain house? Because God had a certain thing he wanted to get done. See, God can... Bring people together in the strangest ways. As I look back over my life, and I was mentioning this, it's, it's just been one wild ride. What a ride. It, it's been wonderful. Because it's just, you don't know what's going to happen next. That's what makes it so exciting. Does God have the freedom to use you any way he wants? Or would you fight and argue with God? Can God use you? Is he free? Or do you hold him back? Say, God, I can't do that, and I won't do that, and I'm not going here. Or do you say, Lord, whatever you want me to do.
whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go. When it comes to money and giving and things like that, whatever you want me to do, Lord, whatever you want me to do, all I want people to do is what God wants you to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Whatever God wants you to do. How I want you to live is the way God wants you to live. Nothing more, nothing less. I want you to serve Him. I am not your boss. I am not God. I am not the Holy Spirit. There is a God and there is a Holy Spirit. But does the Holy Spirit ever prick your heart? Does He ever convict you of anything? Or have you hardened your heart to where the Holy Spirit, you don't sense any Spirit of God in your life? Where like the Lord never talks to you, never moves you, never, you don't sense anything. Are you so cold and dead and hardened that God will have to just break you because you refuse to yield to Him? That's between you and Him. But look what he says here. In verse 21, Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius, and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause? Wherefore you are come? What are you doing here? God doesn't always tell a man everything in advance. You see, the Lord could have already told him. No, no, no. They couldn't tell the story. And it says in verse 22, And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one that fears God, and of good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house, into his house, which is different than what a Jew would do. And then also to hear, and you ought to underline this, here's the cause, to hear words of thee, to hear the words. You see, the Holy Spirit could have spoken to them or the angels, but it's God using a person. Remember the Ethiopian union, whenever it says, understandeth what thou readest, and he says, how can I, except some man should guide me. People need people to guide them. To help them. So in verse 23. Then called he them in and lodged them in his own house. (gasps) And on the morrow Peter went away with them and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. Now there were six of them. You'll see this in chapter uh, 11 and verse 1. Where it was six Jewish brethren that went with Peter. Hey I got to see this. This I got to see this. And so some people go because they want to know what's going on. Just curiosity seekers. But they became the witnesses that Peter needed when he had to confront those back in Jerusalem. And says, you did what? You went to see a Gentile in their home? (gasps) Unclean, unclean. See, God had to change these men's hearts. You see, Peter, remember, because of this very issue going on right here. It was later on in Galatia when he came to Antioch and Peter came down to the, meet the brethren and into the first church there in Antioch. And he was doing fine. He was sitting, he ate with the Gentiles. Everything's cool. And then some Jewish legalizers showed up. Modernists, liberals. And so all of a sudden, he got up and stopped eating with him because, you know, those Jews, they, we don't eat with Gentiles. So he got kind of backed away. And not only did he do it, but also Barnabas, along with him, was carried about with his, use the word, dissimulation. It means his hypocrisy. So anyway, it caused no small stir. And the apostle Paul had to confront Peter because he was wrong in what he did. But here, it says in verse 24, 
And the morrow after they entered in Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. And Peter says, no, kiss my ring. Remember, I'm the Pope. And if that don't work, then kiss my toe. That's not what he says. He says in verse 26, Peter stood him up saying, stand up, I myself also am a man. And that's all he was. He was just a man. All these apostles, they were just a man. No more important than you are. And he says in verse 26, And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, You know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. And how did he learn that lesson? By this sheet that came down from heaven when he was on the top of the housetop and he was hungry and he said, and he saw all this stuff in the sheet. And there's some clean and some unclean. It was a picture to show him that, look, God loves the whole world. Nobody is to be exempt. That's why I love this story about a boy named Dot. Because he lived on church property for 20 years. In a Christian community. And nobody ever talked to him about his soul. Nobody witnessed to him. till Chan talked to him. Here in Acts makes the statement in verse 29. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying as soon as I was sent for. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. If you believe God wants you to do something, you better do what you believe God wants you to do. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. They don't answer to God for you. You have to answer to God. Every man should do what you believe God wants you to do. Period. Nothing else matters. He says, I, I went as soon as I was asked for. I asked therefore for what intent you have sent for me. And Cornelius said, four days ago, four days ago, I was fasting. So he fasted too on top of that. Until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard. So can God hear the prayer of a lost man? If a lost man is seeking truth, if a lost man is seeking a light, if you will follow truth or a light, it will always lead to the source of light. In verse 31, thy prayer is heard. Thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. God sees not only that you sought God, but you sought to do right by people. And you did good works. And you gave money to the poor folks. Usually that's what alms is referring to. So he, he did all of those things. But he was still missing something. He still lacked something. Something was still missing in the man's life. Because these works don't save. It doesn't satisfy. It doesn't get you to God. But does God see? Yes, God sees. And God, I believe, draws individuals. He says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. He makes a statement. He says in verse 32, Send therefore to Joppa, 
and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon a tanner by the seaside, who, when he cometh, shall speak unto me. There must be something that Peter knew that this man needed to know. Because, you see, good works won't get you to heaven. The prayers won't get you to heaven. Fasting won't get you to heaven. Giving alms won't get you to heaven. Man can't save himself by his works. So Peter was to go there and tell him words by where he and his house could be saved. So there in verse 33, Immediately, therefore, I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. What did God tell you to tell us? This is the work of a soul winner. Telling people what God told you to tell them. And you'd be surprised how many people say, well, I can't do that. I just can't do that. Well, I can't witness. You mean you can't obey God? You can't talk to people about the Lord? You can talk to them about football, baseball, the politics, and everything else under the sun. But you can't talk to a person about the Lord. Don't you think something's wrong with that? Something's wrong with that. If you were the only Christian in the world... Would anybody know how to go to heaven? You say, well, that's easy for you. You're a preacher. I did it before I became a preacher. That's why I'm a preacher. Hank Linston was a soul winner before he ever became a preacher. Got just a couple minutes to cover a few verses. Okay, you buckled in? Verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and he says, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Whether you're Jew, whether you're Gentile. Every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. In other words, if a man could save himself by his works, that would be acceptable. But he can't. But God does know every heart that seeks God. Every man that wants to know the truth, God knows. And God wants us not only to reach the ones that want to hear, but to reach the ones who don't have a clue. You see... You can explain it, but you've got to find your way of doing it. You don't want to become a, a, a Lindstromite or a Yankee. I, you just want whatever way works for you. But you ought to know the gospel clear enough that you could find a good way of opening the conversation. God will bless you for it. Look in verse 36. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, remember he said, what's the word, what's the word, what's the word? Well, it's the word, the word, the word. Verse 37. The word, I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Jerusalem, or Galilee, after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. There's one part here I really like, where it says, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. So after we get our new glorified body, we can still eat and drink. <laughs> See that? See, that's... I mean, just think about that. Don't you love to eat? Isn't eating a wonderful invention? Oh, it's marvelous. But he says in verse 42, 
And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead, the living and the dead. Get this in verse 43. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, get this, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. See, having all of your sins taken away is what makes you perfect. There's no sin for me to pay for. Why? He took all my sins away. That's why I'm going to heaven whenever I die, because he paid for all of my sins. They're all paid. He didn't leave any unpaid. He didn't pay for all of my sins up to today, and now I've got to worry about the rest of them and get forgiveness and keep getting clean. No. One time. A one-time deal. And so when they heard this, when they heard this, verse 44, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. So he preached the word, they heard the word, they believed it. And the Holy Spirit came upon them. But the key thing is understanding why all this happened. See there in chapter 11? Chapter 11. Look in verse 12. Because this is so important. And the Spirit bade me go with them. Nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words, whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them, as on us at the beginning, which is on the day of Pentecost. And so they spoke in various language on the day of Pentecost for the Jews. And now with the Gentiles, they spoke in languages because the Jews that went with them heard them and understood what they were saying. So God had a baptism of the Jews on Pentecost and Gentiles, and they were baptized into the body of Christ, whereby we are baptized into the body of Christ once and for all. Jew and Gentile, together, one body. And this is what happened. And so he makes a statement here in verse 17. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I should withstand God? See, they simply had to believe just like the Jews had to believe, and that's all they have to do to go to heaven. It wasn't the prayers. It wasn't the alms. It wasn't the fasting. It wasn't his good deeds. He had to hear the gospel and trust Christ as a Savior. And it doesn't matter how sincere you may be. If you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, you're as lost as a hound dog on the end of a soup bone. You will not go to heaven when you die. Salvation is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. So look what he says there in verse 18. When... They heard these things. They held their peace, glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. So whenever you repent means you change your mind. Realize that my works cannot save me. And change your mind and see that Christ is my only hope. And you trust Christ as your Savior and you receive the free gift of eternal life. Best news in all the world. Look up here. This is the most important part of the whole sermon. I want you to listen. Pay attention. This represents you and me. 
Everybody in the world, Jew or Gentile, it doesn't matter. Red and yellow, black and white, all of us. The Bible says that we have all sinned. We've all done things wrong. Nobody is any better than anybody else. And to pay for this sin is eternal separation from God. And since everybody sins, everybody's condemned. That's why everybody dies. To go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. Because of this sin, we can't get in. So I want you to understand that your good deeds will not take away one sin. All of the good things you've ever done in your whole life has never paid for one sin. Not even one. This sin represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. He came into the world because He loves us. He hates our sin. So how can I have my sins washed away where all that's left is me and I get to go to heaven? What can wash away my sins? What can wash away my sins? There's got to be something that will wash my sins away. The blood of Christ. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We sing the song, but listen to what it says. Jesus Christ came into this world because he loved us. He took all of our sins upon himself and shed his blood, paid for our sins, came back from the dead and said, if we would believe that he did it for us, all our sins are washed away. We're forgiven of all of our sins. And now because see, all my sins are forgiven, all paid, I get to go to heaven on what Christ did for me. I understood that years ago in a little old living room when my father-in-law explained this to me. I didn't get all of it all together, but I knew this. I knew I was a sinner. And Christ paid for my sins. And if I trust him, I'll go to heaven whenever I die. And that was the best news I ever heard. My whole cotton-picking life. You didn't know this, but I am a cotton picker. I used to I used to pick cotton. I really I really did pick cotton. So you can call me a cotton picker if you want. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here this morning and maybe you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you've been religious. Maybe you've been religious all your life. Maybe you're sincere. Maybe you've done a lot of good things for a lot of people. But if you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, see friend, you still don't get to go to heaven. You must trust the Lord. He's the only one that can get you to heaven. So I'm going to ask in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand does not save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. And you're saying, preacher, that made sense to me. And I'm going to trust Christ as my Savior this morning. And I'd like for you to pray for me. So with head bowed, eyes closed, and no one looking around, is there anyone at all? Say, preacher, I will trust Christ as my Savior right now. And I'd like for you to pray for me in closing. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? Just slip it up real quick. Put it right back down. If you've never done it, do it right now. Yes, God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Just slip it up very quickly. If you trust Christ right now, did you know God saves you right now? Yes, God bless you. I appreciate that. Anyone else? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to pin you against the wall. You see, salvation is you receiving what Christ did. It's not you trying to promise to be better, to do good. No, we are sinners. Christ died for sinners. He died for you. He loves you. Would you trust him right now? If you've never done so, say, Lord, that made sense to me. I believe Christ did it for me, and I'm trusting him right now. Anyone else before we close? Our Father, we thank you so much for those that indicated by an uplifted hand that they would accept Christ as their Savior. 
And knowing that anyone, whosoever, trusts you, you guarantee them a free gift, eternal life. We ask your blessings on those that have come our way to visit with us. And for those that come week after week for their faithfulness, we thank you so much for them. We ask your blessings upon the service tonight and also for the Dare to Share meetings on Friday and Saturday. Bless Greg with wisdom to do the things that are right. We pray your blessings on him and all the work that has to be done and for the kids that will be coming. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.